Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Model Tongue Podcast. I am your host, Karen Inder. Today's topic is something that is very close to my heart. My friend, Tiara, talks about her experiences with bipolar disorder, going through pregnancies, being a mom, and family life, all while getting to know her new self. Kind of like how there are two types of diabetes, there are two types of bipolar disorder, bipolar disorder type 1 and bipolar disorder type 2. Like Tiara, I also have type 2, which differs from type 1 in terms of severity of manic episodes, among other things. Whether you have bipolar disorder, know someone who does, or don't have any mental health issues at all, I hope you will listen to this podcast. As someone who has had this disorder for the majority of my life, I can tell you how difficult it is to manage when there is stigma, stereotypes, and discrimination. I hope that by talking about it, those who have bipolar disorder will know that they are not alone. And those who don't will expand their empathy and understanding to include the realm of mental illness. Tierra explains how bipolar disorder is a gift, not a curse, and why everyone should be inspired by the bravery, courage, and strength of those who struggle and thrive with it every single day. And now, I welcome my dear friend, Tierra. Hi, Tierra. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Right. Um, you are often my mentor and late night phone call <laughs> when I am uh, in crisis or going through a moment and I need just like someone to talk me down. Uh, so I really appreciate you for that. And um, I'm so happy to have you here today to talk about uh, a handful of things regarding motherhood and families and mental health. Uh, and if you could start by just giving our listeners a little for, little info on, on yourself. Of course, of course, yeah. So I'm Tira. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I just wanted to kind of come on and talk with Karen about parenting and my experience. Um, I was a young mom. I had three kids. Uh, when I was young, and I wasn't bipolar, and then I had my son, and then I had my daughter, and I found out I was bipolar when I was pregnant with her, and, you know, we're kind of going to just discuss that journey. You know, the other, I've done so many other things with my life. I've modeled, I've uh, done a lot of different things with my career. Um, I'm in the legal field now, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm just kind of trying to do it all like everyone, right? I love uh, sharing the message that uh, like we are so much more than our mental illness. I think a lot of people forget that and I know what, how it makes me feel and what it can do when I see people who, you know, obviously bipolar is a big one because I have bipolar. And so when I see people who are out there in the world writing books and following their dreams and doing all these things and they have bipolar, it's not only gives me hope, but it makes it normalizes it a little bit and I can sit back and think like, okay, there is a place for me in this world. And I, you know, I, I don't have to be whittled down to my illness. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I'm like super passionate about being open with it. My mother had bipolar, so she was very open about it as well. And I think that helped kind of helped me, mm -hmm. but also I want people to know like people, you know, have bipolar and are living in the world and you love them and you admire them and you're inspired by them. But sometimes you don't know because not everyone's open about it, right? But um, 
yeah, like I just want the world to have different faces and different options to know like bipolar doesn't look one way. It's, it can be very different for, for a lot of different people. And it's not like a death sentence, you know, like you can, you can live a life that is fulfilling. And I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be controversial, but I would go as far as saying that it, your life will look different. Um, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that and almost like as it should, because I know I require different things in my day and need different things. Um, and I am affected by things differently than my, my partner who doesn't have bipolar or any mental illness. And I think it's about finding that balance. Um, and also realizing like that you deserve the same opportunities as everybody else in life. It might be harder for you to attain them sometimes. Um, but I don't know, I'm on, I'm on this huge kick right now about, uh, looking at mental illness as a human's right, a human rights issue, because I've just been seeing and experiencing so much discrimination. And I think that people who struggle with mental illness are undervalued, um, in many aspects of life. So, um, I just, I want to talk about. I, I did want to talk about, because we know we're coming up to Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about your journey and experiences of having babies, not having bipolar, then being diagnosed with bipolar quite late in life, Yeah, and, yeah. So, uh, and then also having a baby after that. So can you tell us a little bit about the differences in your pregnancies, and then also um, you go the thought process and you just going through being with this diagnosis and, and coming to terms with it. Like how, what was that like for you? Well, yeah, I had my kids very young. So like I, I was already kind of feeling a little bit of stigma just by being a young mom. And I experienced, I did experience depression, like on and on post postpartum depression and like just kind of situational depression, things like that. But I wasn't having any hypomanic episodes or like, I wasn't diagnosed bipolar. So basically, I tried to be the best mom that I could, just like everyone wants to be super mom and be great and be wonderful and kind of teach your kids um, the best that you can. Um, And then I had like, between Jada and Quentin, there's nine years. So when I had my son, it was kind of the same thing. I was just trying to learn, relearn things, be the best mom, be, be everything that I can be. And then when I was pregnant with Kylie, actually, I was very sick. I got very sick and I went to the hospital and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sick. I don't know what's wrong with me. And they're like, you're pregnant. And for some reason, it was a different pregnancy because I thought it was my hormones at first, like kind of raging. I was like in a rage, like I was so angry, just like at the world in general. And I was flipping out all the time. And and then my behavior started to change. So I was like spending a lot, like super high sex drive, like all these like different things. My personality kind of even like changed a bit. And I recognized it right away because my mom had bipolar. So if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have got diagnosed so early. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know a lot of people go undiagnosed for a very long time and they deal with like self-medicating and things like that. But I knew immediately what it was. I went to the doctor, I was diagnosed, I was referred. 
um, to a psychiatrist, all these things. So I think I had the benefit of getting treatment treated early, but my pregnancy was tough in the way that I didn't take medication. I chose not to take medication during my pregnancy. Of course. So I, I struggled a lot. Like I was really depressed. I was really sad. I was really upset. I was really angry throughout my pregnancy. And um, so just life in general was hard for me. And just like, all the other things that come with pregnancy. It was, it was, it was in a fun time. <laughs> so then, um, and also when I was breastfeeding, I, I remained unmedicated. So it was also having a new baby and being unmedicated was a little bit hard. Just, and I know just a quick little note for people in case they don't know, um, a lot of medications that are used to treat bipolar aren't safe for uh, the fetus, fetal development, um, pregnancy, anything like that. So that's why a lot of people opt to just to, to, to not go that route if you're with child. Okay. Right. And I just want it noted also, like I, I have bipolar two. Um, so it's a little bit different than bipolar one as well. Right. So like, um, I don't know, I don't know how people make that choice if they're going to take medication or not going to take medication or which medications to take. Like, I know there's so many out there. Right. But, um, yeah, once uh, I'm a firm believer in medication, like I don't think, I, I know there's so many different other therapies and things like that, but I can't imagine living day to day unmedicated. That's just for me. Um, yeah, but just as a new mom, it was a little bit, it was a little bit hard. And then, but I, I had a lot of uh, realizations. And when we talk about before, before diagnosis and after diagnosis is like, before diagnosis, I kind of felt a little bit, not numb, because like when you experienced like childhood trauma, I feel like you kind of desensitized a little bit in the world. Um, so that's when I was parenting my, my bigger kids, I, I had a little bit more numbness. I didn't have that experience of feeling so intensely that, and, and that's what bipolar brings, right? Like you're so sad and so down and so, but then also there's a, there's a blessing and a joy behind because you experience happiness and joy like tenfold also. That's, that's, that's my experience, right? Oh. So um, it was kind of like a blessing to me and I kind of like woke up within myself. Like I realized what I wanted. I wasn't afraid to go after what I wanted. I, you know, at times you have that like grandiosity idea of like who you are. It's a little bit inflated, like you're the most amazing thing to like the world. So that was a blessing to me because I did things in my life that I probably wouldn't have done if I, if I wasn't bipolar. Too. And I remember you always telling me that um, for years, because I don't know if I asked you this at some point or you asked me, but it was, if there was a pill to cure bipolar, would you take it? And I was like, right. oh my gosh, yes, give me the pill. And you were like, I wouldn't take no, it. And I <laughs> I honestly wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think I'm, I think it's added a lot of dynamic to who I am and I appreciate feeling intensely and both sides, negative and positive. I understand like when you're bipolar for a long time, you understand moods change. So like, yeah, being depressed is really tough, but I know 
that it's going to change. You know what I mean? I know, I know there's a, there's, there's a difference. Like I had a deep, dark depression where I was like, Whoa, this is never going away. This is my life. I'm like, it's, this is, this is like, this is it, you know? So I, I understand the hopelessness that depression brings, but also because now I got diagnosed at 29 and um, I'll be 39 next month. So it's 10 years for me. So I know it's going to like brighter days are coming. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you experienced this, but like sometimes when I'm happy and I feel well in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, like a sad time is coming. And then when I'm sad, I'm like, Oh yeah, the good times are about to roll. <laughs> you know? like, it's so, some days I just, when I'm having a really bad day, I just sit there and I just try and like summon a little bit of mania just to like, <laughs> <laughs> Come in it. Just, yeah. just, just a little bit, just to get me through the day. Um, but it's, it's true. I think, um, and that's why I think is like a secret talent of a lot of people who have mental illness is that perspective on life. And I just, I do see so much value in that. And it's something that my husband reminds me of all the time because he'll always tell me like two things. He'll say, just, he's like, you have every reason to hate the world, but you don't. And mm-hmm. you have this like perspective on life of appreciating everything and being so grateful, but to a level where I've never witnessed it before and I've never experienced myself. And right. he's like, and for that, I admire you so much. And I think like, I, it's, it's true. I, I think a, a lot of people would resonate with, with what you're saying. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I also want to know, like, um, a support system when you're parenting as a bipolar parent is so important because there are going to be days where, like, you can't live up to what you want to do. You know what I mean? And, like, children's needs are not, they're always there, you know? So there are going to be some days where it's like, I can't get out of bed. So there has to be someone there that's like, okay, don't worry. Like, I'm going to do the breakfast. I'm going to do the the lesson. I'm going to, I'm going to drive to ballet. You know what I mean? There has to be that support system. And I always had that. I always had that. I did not raise my kids alone. I'm not going to say like, I would never, I would never take hundred percent credit for raising my kids. I always had a support system, whether it was like, you know, dad, parents, grandparents, aunties, you know, I always had the support of someone. And even when I, even when I was like a young mama, you know what I mean? So like, and I think it's important for kids to also understand those dynamics that like mom isn't perfect. And this is for moms without bipolar too, I'm talking, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like mom's not perfect. Mom's growing too. And like, you can be 45 and you're still growing. There's still things that you need to know. You're not, no one's perfect. You know what I mean? And teaching kids that at a young age, I think is like super important. I think you wanted to talk about like how I discuss mental health with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, is is it, I can only imagine the conversation in your household and Definitely, definitely. And I think it's, it was important for me to communicate to my kids age appropriately, of course, like what's going on with me at times, because I didn't want them to internalize 
hey, like I need to go to my room and I need a minute and I need to like lie down and just cry or I need to just like turn all the lights off and like just lie down for hours. You know what I mean? Like how do you explain that someone who is like jumping around and wants to play with you? You know what I mean? A lot of adults don't even understand that when you try to explain that sometimes you just need to reduce the environmental stimulus and right. the the noise and the sounds and the lights coming into your brain. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want it to be like, oh, I don't want to be with you. I didn't want them to internalize it in that way. Like, I don't want to be with you or I don't like you or it's something has something to do with you. I wanted it to be very clear that it was about me, that it's a health thing and it's, it's normal, it's fine. And you know, if there's times that you feel sad or you're upset, it's okay for you to go, go cuddle in your bed and get your teddy and, you know, watch a show, like do whatever you want. And like, I know in the media, it's like a huge thing about self-care now. And it's like, everything's like self-care, self-care. But from very young, I taught my kids, like you need a toolbox, like what's your toolbox? And I, And it's hard to sometimes explain that to kids, but like I would pull out things that like are in my mental health toolbox, right? Which is like, whether it be candles or like essential oils, like, like aromatherapy or like what makes you feel good, like a book or, um, my mom had made me a mala. It's like a bead, you count it. And I think it helps with like just kind of calming. Oh my goodness. Counting helps me so much. Does it? Yeah. I I think it's because I'm so bad at math. (laughs) So, (laughs) so like I need, I need my full attention and I need full just thought process of counting anything. And when I'm having anxiety attacks, um, like in public, uh, you know, on a plane or on the streetcar, I will count. I'll, I'll take like, I'll take a quarter out of my purse and I'll count the ridges on the sides. I'll just keep counting. And then, you know, I'll I'll try multiplication. I'll just do different things to kind of like calm down and it works for me. So yeah. Taking a bath or like just anything and people are different. So what calms them is going to be different. Right. So kids, kids need to learn like, what is it for them? And they need to know like what's in their toolbox. So if they're stressed at school or if they're, you know, stressed with friends or family or look at, we're in COVID right now. Kids could be, I mean, kids, kids a lot, I think a lot of kids are having a great time, but some kids could be struggling. You know what I mean? Like they're not seeing their friends. They're not seeing their family. Things are different. Mom and dad might be working. So they're not getting maybe the full attention that they would be getting. So, you know, like they need to know, like, how do I calm down? How do I be okay? And that needs to be taught very, very early in my opinion, because like how I look at it is like bipolar was in my DNA, like from, from birth, it was probably a lot of people, a lot of people in my family have bipolar, like cousins, uncles, like it's in my family, like quite, quite a bit. And, um, but I think trauma, like any traumatic experience is going to bring that out at high stress or trauma. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's important for people to know you have to manage stress. You absolutely must manage it. It will affect your mental health. They say that, yes, like bipolar is one of those things that is genetic. Um, my family is also riddled with it. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, because bipolar can kind of strike and someone can go their whole life 
without experiencing any of it. And then one day, just bam, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I was super, super young. Um, but I also grew up in a very, had a very chaotic environment and went through lots of tra- uh, trauma, even as a young child. And I think it's so, it's like people's experiences. Like for me, I, like sometimes I go to the doctors and they'll say, what were you like before your diagnosis? Um, and I say, I was the same. Like I, I was diagnosed at 14. They say I would have started showing signs around 10, 11, which is super young. So I can't really remember life not being bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel that this is almost the easier way. Like how, cause how do, with you, like do you ever look back at your life before you were diagnosed or before you experienced symptoms and miss, miss that? No, because I say no, because I wasn't really living my life to the fullest. So I would say no. Yeah. I just think that's so interesting and also so important for people to hear. Anyone listening or watching this right now who either has bipolar or another mental illness, um, that it is, you know, it's it's not always a curse. Like there are a lot of gifts that go with it too. Yeah, I think that's really sure. important. And like creativity, like I was not creative at all before, like at all. Like, and you know, I did a lot of things, a lot more, I had a lot more ideas that came to my mind and that I had the book, like the gall to like actually act on it. And I, before it wasn't, my life wasn't like that. I was very like, I want to kind of like go under the radar. You know, I think it was a self-esteem thing, maybe like a worthiness thing that I was dealing with, but I, I didn't, I just didn't do things like that I would actually do now. Um, a little bit of a personal question, but when, um, were you done like with extending your family when you're diagnosed or did you make the decision that after your diagnosis, you were like, I don't want to go through like an, another pregnancy again like that? Um, so I think that's a great question, actually. I think I was pretty much done. Yeah, I was, I was done. Like if, if I was rich, maybe I would have more kids. Like (laughs) I absolutely love and adore kids, but like, yeah, I was, I was done definitely. Um, but also for me, it was a little bit of a tough pregnancy. So I think if you're, if I was starting my family or I was early in the development of my family, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. But because I was where I was and pregnant with my fifth child, I that like, that was it for me. Yeah. It's because, you know, we have no children and it's definitely like a terrifying thought when I think about um, starting a family, being bipolar, being on medications having and, and just the, the the process and what that looks like for me it's because right. it's, it's a long one it's complicated um it's painful and you know it's, it's I, I can only imagine I'm not the only person in the world I have I have friends who um are thinking about starting families and are currently going through the whole process of med changes and tapering off and getting on new ones and going through the right. side effects and it is a brutal experience. Um, definitely not something that people, you know, would consider often, but my heart definitely goes out to all of the women out there who, uh, 
are thinking about family planning but have this extra hurdle in the way and it's like super yeah. tough I think the, su the support is like the major thing right the like where are you in your journey your bipolar journey you know what I mean do you know like who you are what your triggers are what you know like what positive things help you through the journey you know what i mean like are your people around you solid because if those and just other other little things financial financial support like uh these other things that take fa family planning you you know ser it's a serious thing so like the support has to be there if it's not there then i would say take some time to, to think about it because the risk is the risk is high like you know like I put mental health like it's at the top of my list when I get out of bed in the morning it's on my mind even when I'm I know I'm doing well even when I know I'm doing well and I'm like I'm in a place in my career where I never thought I'd be I'm married I'm a mom like I think I'm doing amazing I think I'm doing amazing but when I hit the floor every morning it's still in the forefront of my mind. Girl, you're I, bipolar. And I what like, do you have to do to do well today? You know? It's and that's a part of just being always eternally grateful. Like when I open the fridge in the morning and I look at the food that we have, I'm grateful that I can eat it and not feel like it's gonna kill me. <laughs> you know, like when the way our anxieties present itself, you know, like I'm happy that I can get in the shower and not be worried that I'm going to get an ear infection. <laughs> these, little, mm -hmm. these little, little, little tiny moments. Yeah, so support yeah. is a huge one. So for anyone listening who um, is thinking about being a mama or is a mama and is going through any, any kind of mental health issue, mental illness, what are some other examples of, of, or what are, like, do you know of any support systems? Like I'll definitely link some in the, in, in the description. Um, I think because like my kids are so much older, um, I probably don't have like I would probably have to research it but also like I think it's important to do classes and even when I had my my fourth child I was doing classes like I think it's important to get out of the house like I think a lot of moms stay home and I think that's sometimes can be unhealthy so like doing classes things like that um, but yeah let's put our heads together and get some supports and um, what about some advice for the spouses or partners of someone who is struggling with mental illness? These are heroes in my mind. Oh, I know. My, my husband is a hero. Like, that's what I think. And it's not, a, it's not easy sometimes seeing with someone whose mood fluctuates. Like, I can only imagine like sometimes it's a little bit like being on a roller coaster and like you're not getting off. You know what I mean? Like you have to really like roller coasters, I think, you know, but I think they there's something special about them. There's something so like unique and the 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 sheer strength that it takes, like it's it like it blows my it blows my mind honestly it does but oh like. I agree when I found out that my partner had been like doing research um right, right. on bipolar 
completely not prompted, not like I had nothing to do with it. I, that's, that was probably one of the moments where I realized like, okay, like I, I do love this person and this might, this might work, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's always his little bit of advice too. Like whenever we do speaking engagements, he, he'll come with me. And when we talk to people who are there because they have a loved one, it's usually like a, you know, a wife or a husband or a spouse who is struggling with mental health. It's, you know, read about it ask mm-hmm. questions, do research, go to talks, go to group therapy, um, go to therapy and, you know, learn, like, learn how you can coexist with, with someone, but not just coexist, but help that person thrive. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a partnership no matter what. Yeah. And that's how love works, right? Because if someone had diabetes or cancer or something else, it would, it would like not to compare, like I'm not comparing illnesses, but like it, it would be this kind of similar, like you would research it, you would adapt, you would whatever in your life, you you'd have to make changes or adjustments, then you would do it. And that's what you do for the people that you love. You know? And there's so much stigma, like always there's stigma, but I've been at speaking engagements before where I'll like, you know, make a funny comment about my husband or something. And someone will ask me like, does he, does he know you have bipolar? And I'm like, yes. And he married me anyways. Like, can you believe it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, but I'm like, what are some, what are some instances where like, what's the tea? Like, give me all the receipts. Like what, where are some places you've been where you've been like stigmatized against? And Oh, uh, like for, for being bipolar. Yeah. I think, I think I would have to say like, you know, when something happens and you like get angry and you're like upset about it, it's like, I think I receive stigma is because I'm, sometimes it's brushed off. Oh, she's bipolar, (laughs) you know, but like, no, dude, you did really something that like was really messed up. Listen, we go through this all the week. A regular person would be upset. <laughs> like, don't just, don't try to dismiss it because I'm bipolar. You did something wrong or this situation was wrong. And whether I was bipolar or not, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's probably one of the ones that would stick out in my mind. We go through this all the time <laughs> where it's like, and it's true. Like my husband will say this to me and it's true, but he'll, you know, he'll be like, you, unfortunately, you can't fully express yourself you can't react appropriately to a situation you have to tone it back tone it back tone it back because the minute that you that you go above here (laughs) your your message gets lost you no longer have a point you're just bipolar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 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 you're right a lot of times you're like no i am reacting appropriately yeah. <laughs> to what is in front of me. Right. Which, you know, like you messed up, you did something mean, you did something conniving, you did something whatever, whatever. And oh man, does it ever piss me off, Tara? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm forever suppressing myself in arguments because in order to be taken seriously, we like we have to. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And then also I think there's stigma. I think a lot of people are like anti-medication. So it's like, wow, you t- you're medicated or like, like, what do you mean? <laughs> of course, yeah. I'm, I'm bipolar. I take medication. Like, 
you know? So I think because people don't understand what you're taking or they don't know, they think like, like a drug is a drug and like you're taking something, you know? So I know that when I first started taking medication, it took me a long time to get on board with it. Like I, for the first year I fought my doctor so much like oh I'm feeling better now like I think I can get off them and just because I hated it to me it was a ball and chain like every day you had to take meds and I wasn't used to it um but now I'm so on board please don't take them away I love them but uh I but because there is for me there was that internal struggle it's completely unnecessary to get it from other people you know what I mean like nothing drives me crazier is people are like going back to just family planning um is this is in the same vein as when people are like oh when are you gonna have a baby when are you gonna start a family and then you kind of like try and educate someone and you're like well i have bipolar and so it kind of looks different for me and i just have to make sure i'm doing what's right for me but we're thinking of going this route and then they say we'll just get off your meds <laughs> Yeah, that's easy. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And, you know, you realize that that means it's going to be like three, four, five, six months of of withdrawals. (laughs) Just like the worst excruciating pain. But yeah, Yeah. people, I think, but that's why it's so important to just keep talking about um, just everything mental health, because I think awareness and education like that go a long way. Oh, for sure. Awesome. Um, how has been your bipolar li- like this year? Um, so it's been pretty good this year. Um, my no, it hasn't been good this year. <laughs> and just like that, that's rapid cycling, everybody. <laughs> last year was amazing. I did so many amazing things last year. My grandbabies were born. Yeah. I walked in fashion week. I went to Vegas. Like it was almost too good. I got married, like everything went well and it kind of made me nervous. But this year, like my mom passed away February 1st. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was like a huge dent in like how I was doing. So I was like a train wreck every day for the first month. Yeah, it was really tough. And then this, and then I started a new job. Like why? Like the weird, weird. Yeah, I started a new job, but like my dream job. So I was like, I had to do it no matter what. So yeah, I started a new job. And then I have this thing. I only do one major life change per year. I I don't know if that's like a conscious thing you do too, but like I try to like not be too happy because yeah. then like... <laughs> Oh, listen, after our, after our wedding, I was wrecked. I was totally wrecked. And I knew it was coming out like every day after our wedding. I'm just like waiting, like, when's it going to, when's it going to be here? Right. Right. So yeah. And then the whole COVID thing hit a month after I started my job. So that was like an adjustment too, because structure saved my life. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell you, like, I have to do this pretty much the same thing every day that really helps me. So when things are, when things change like really fast and like everything's different and now I'm home all the time, it was a little bit tough. The first month I was like, 
okay, let me, let me adapt. I'm really adaptable. I was like, let me focus on being like a domestic goddess and like, let me cook and let me clean and let me take care of the kids and hubs and everyone. And I, I think I like, like overdid it a little bit because I got tired. So week five, which was like last week, I was, I was not doing good. I was not happy. I was sad. I was upset. It was like, and also the reality of like this COVID thing is going to be longer than I had expected also kind of worried me with mental health. Right. Cause I'm like, how am I going to do? Like, I don't, I don't really know. I have to like video conference my doctor. So it's like, yeah, it's like weird. Right. What makes you feel any better? I've been the same way. I just, you know, baked like eight dozen bagels and cinnamon buns just for nobody. Just, <laughs> just for us. And, and then the whole time I'm telling Nick, I'm like, I think I'm manic. He's like, you're not manic. You're just excited. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was talking to my therapist this week. And I just told her, I'm like, I'm exhausted. And she's like, why? I'm like, just from, I think I'm just rapid cycling. Yeah. I think I'm adjusting and I'm, I'm just exhausted from the rapid cycling. It's just exhausting. Right. It's exhausting. Yeah. Wow. I know I got a cure egg. Cause I was like, that was like my gift to myself and I'm just trying to make it through. And I woke up at five 30 on a Saturday morning to have coffee. And like, I just was like cleaning like a bunny rabbit, like just walking around the house and just like, I just kept moving, moving, moving. My, like my place is not that big. <laughs> I, I bought so many cleaning supplies off Amazon, like the most random cleaning shit. And I, I'm like, some mornings I wake up and the only reason I get out of bed is because I can vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I just really want to vacuum. Oh, well, the day in the life, the day in the life. I know. Thank you so much for coming on here with me. And I, I'm in love with this conversation and I'm so happy we we're able to do it. And thank you so much for uh, sharing your voice and your experience and your life. Um, and your inspiration. Thank so, you for having me. I will uh, link below where to find you, but thank you for all that you do. And I'm so happy that you're my friend. I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Bye.